Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Hallelujah. Are you all happy? Happy to be at church. Big welcome to people at home too online. Great to have you here. Wish you were here, but uh, welcome to you at home as well. And uh, we're looking forward this morning to, to sharing a few thoughts from the Word of God in a moment or two with you and um, looking forward to that. And uh, it is a disclaimer this morning. It's a bit challenging what I'm about to share this morning. Um, yeah, you're probably thinking, I wish I hadn't said that. Um, but yeah, I've been um, um, just praying about the, the message this morning and um, just, just talking to the Holy Spirit about it and some of the stuff that we um, are downloading this morning is quite challenging and I'll get to the topic um, of it in a moment or two's time. Um, again, just so proud of our young people at camp. My gosh, there's over 100 um, of our youth that are down there at the moment. And honestly, to see the way that they've been, you know, um, um, kids at camps can be like herding, herding cats, and, but not, not our youth group. Like every meeting, they're all there in the building and um, worshipping the worship. They've just been, I've just watched the, the little peeps yesterday. I was sort of sitting outside and just sort of, worshipping God and, you know, just looking with the left eye, what's going on in there. And just to see our young kids with their hands lifted high, it's just, just beautiful. And I'm talking about 13 and 14-year-olds. And so we know that over the course of this weekend, God is, is sowing into the future generation. And I believe as a church, we should be so thankful to God for that. Amen. And so I know um, that um, they're in good hands and I know that God's been doing some significant things in and through their lives as they've gone away to camp. So so encouraged with that as well. Do encourage you um, all the time about our daily devotion. Do encourage you. We've been reading through the, uh, the Gospel of Matthew and encourage you. If you haven't got one of these, you can get one of these from the bookstore. Um, do encourage you to avail yourself to one of those and um, to get on board. We as a church are um, diving into the Word of God together and I do encourage you with that. Uh, it's a great blessing as we go through this journal together and uh, look forward to all that God is doing. We're continuing our series this morning on Disciples Are. And I'll do a little bit of a recap. And because there's not many of us here, I won't go for too long. Amen. Amen. Just joking. But uh, we're glad that you made the choice uh, to be here this morning. For those that are home as well, our prayer, as always, is that you would receive something from the Word of God and that your life would be encouraged in some way. And this morning, again, I want to start this series by reading an incredibly important, one of the, the most important scriptures in the Word of God and probably one of the most underquoted scriptures in the Word of God. And it's found in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19. It says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We can all go home. Hallelujah. Don't you love that there? Go into all the world and make disciples. Thought that I want to bring to you today is that Jesus never called us to be Christians. In fact, where you look where the word Christian came from in the early church, when they first termed the, the phrase Christian, it was used in a derogatory way, not in a positive light, but in a derogatory way. But I want to say this morning um, in our culture, it's, it's interesting to note that so many people today call themselves Christians. So many people confess to be followers of Jesus. And yet those same people that profess to be Christians have no problems with things like abortion, 
and some of the other issues that, 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 that are going on today. And yet everyone calls themselves Christians. But the truth is this, friends, this morning, Jesus didn't call you, Marty Daniels, to be a Christian. He called you to be a disciple. He called each of us not to be Christians, but to be disciples, to go into all the world and make what? Make more little Christs? Well, yes, but make disciples. And that's what we've been looking at and we've been discussing some of the hallmarks of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And the one that we're going to be touching on this morning, I know you're just going to love. I know it in advance. You're going to say, preach it to me this morning. So what have we been looking at? We've been looking at some of the hallmarks and we found in the first thought that we looked at is that disciples of Jesus are surrendering daily. Disciples of Jesus are on a daily uh, commitment to, to surrendering to his will and to his plan for our lives. That's the first thing that we looked at. And I want to reaffirm that again. As followers of Jesus, we're called to surrender to him. Amen. We're called to pick up our cross and follow him. No small thing, no easy thing, but that's the call that Jesus calls us to do as disciples of his. Another thing that we looked at is that disciples, another hallmark, disciples are serving others. Disciples are serving others. We're about washing the feet of other people. We're about washing the world around us through the love and the service that God places in our hearts through our relationship with Jesus. Amen. And so that's the second hallmark that we look, looked at. As a Christian, we should be serving other people. Amen. Who are you serving right now in your world? Who's, whose world are you making a difference in? Amen. Because that's another hallmark of a disciple of Jesus. Not a Christian. Christians are everywhere and everyone calls themselves a Christian. But true disciples are about serving other people. Another thing that we looked at, disciples are about seeking truth, searching the Word of God. That's why we love this encouragement as a church for every member, no matter how young or how old you are, that all of us need to spend time in the Word of God together daily. Amen. Waking up in the morning and rather than turning the TV on, the first thing we do is we get open our devotion and we get into the Word of God and we allow the Word of God to speak to us. Amen. And Rachel spoke about that a couple of weeks ago, about one of the hallmarks of being a disciple is seeking the Word of God, searching for truth in the Word of God. So today we're going to discover that disciples are not only surrendering daily, serving others, seeking truth, but disciples are submitting to God and submitting to others. Now, my title this morning of the message and what we're going to be looking at today is the topic of submission. Amen. In fact, I want to say from the... Oh, now you're all going quiet. In fact, I want to say from the outset a phrase that I got while I was exercising on Monday morning that there is safety in submission. There is safety for our lives. There is safety for our relationship with Christ when we understand the power of submission in our lives. Amen. So that's what we want to talk about this morning. And I hope by the Holy Spirit, he pushes a lot of your buttons. Amen. And mine as well. Hallelujah. About the power of submission in our lives. So a couple of thoughts. We want to look at what it means to submit to God. Powerful thought. But we also want to understand what it means to submit to one another as well. And a couple of scriptures that we'll touch on and I'll read and I apologise for no PowerPoint this morning. But you can just follow along in James chapter 4 verse 7 to 8. It says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Then it goes on, draw near to God 
and He will draw near to you. Would anyone like the Lord to draw closer to you? Praying that all the time, Lord, all the time, make me hungrier, make me hungrier, make me hungrier for your presence, Lord. Not filled with all the desires of the world. Who knows we have too many distractions today. Netflix, Stan, help me out there. There's so many other distractions. We have a multitude of things that even just happen on our screen. But we need to come back to the old school faith of being a disciple that gets hungry in their heart for the presence of God. Amen. Stirred. So we sit, submit to God, resist the devil, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. First thought, submitting to God. Second one, it's found in Ephesians chapter 5. It says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When are we meant to give thanks? Come on, when are we meant to give thanks at home? Ah, well, just when I feel like my wife's blessed me. When are we meant to give? I love this journal because every time you open it up, Top of the page, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks to the Lord. And then it encourages you to thank God for three things on that day. Hallelujah. What about a roof over your head? What about a pillow top bed that you go home and lay on the bed on? Amen. What about that refrigerator that you open up and you get some cold drinks out of? Amen. There is so much to thank God for, but let's move on. I got caught off on that scripture there. It says, thank God for all things to the God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to it, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So we're going to look at in a moment's time, what does it mean to submit to God? And what does it mean to submit to one another? Because I believe that in submission there is safety. I believe that true submission brings us closer to God when we understand the power of it in and through our lives. And we, we can start to get nervous when we start to talk about submission in church because the purpose of submission can be and at times has been perverted, right? It has. For example, husbands trying to control their wives. Wives submit to their husbands. Right, Rachel? You've got to submit to me in Jesus' name. It's in the Bible, honey. Do what I say. I'm the big man. I'm the boss. Amen. She's going to smack me when I get home. I can tell. Amen. <laughs> but you know, you know, we can use that incorrectly because if you read it correctly, it says, you know, wives submit to their husbands and husbands are to love their wives the way that Christ loved the church. You see, if you get that right, husbands, then your wives will submit to you. Amen. Hello. But the word submission can be used in a perverted way. Um, church leaders trying to control people. You know, people have the um, church pastors sometimes can suffer from what I call the MOG or the WOG syndrome. It's a terrible syndrome. The MOG syndrome is the man of God syndrome. The WOG syndrome is the woman of God syndrome. We, we walk around like we're just better than everybody else and everyone should submit to us. And I believe that submission is never meant to be that way. I believe that we need to understand that it's a kingdom principle. Sub submission is the posture of the kingdom of God. We submit to God and to one another out of love, not out of law. This positions our lives for the breakthrough and the blessings that God has for us. Amen. We live today in a time where our culture is permeated with me, with I. I'm the author and I'm the creator of my own destiny. 
We live in a culture that's saturated with that sort of thinking. And we've got to be very, very careful. In the kingdom of God, it is a kingdom. There is order. There are lines of delegated authority. Amen. And we need to understand the power of submission in our lives to God and to others. So to define submission today, it means this, to place under authority, to be subject to, I submit, I put myself in subjection to others. I love Brian Houston's um, definition of this as well. Uh, He said this once, he termed the phrase submission simply means getting under the mission. Don't you love that? Submission simply means getting under the mission. And the Bible teaches that we should submit to one another out of a reverence for Christ, to esteem others better than ourselves, to obey those who have authority over us, and most of all, to submit ourselves under God's authority and His law, because God will resist all who refuse to submit and humble themselves, but He will only give grace to the humble, and humble people are submitting people. Amen. So I'm going to say some things in a few moments' time that you'll probably get a little bit cheesed off at me with, but that's okay, amen. There's a week to forget what I've said, amen. <laughs> For some people, like it's an hour. But I pray this morning that the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts, amen. Not, not about what I'm saying, but he would speak to our hearts this morning because I just believe that this is so important. Jesus demonstrates what submission looks like in Matthew chapter 6, 26, verse 39. He went a little farther, the Bible says, and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Jesus demonstrates what submission looks like there. Not my will be done, but father, may your will be done in my life. Jesus demonstrates that there. Submitting to God does cost us. It's bowing down to the will of God over our own will, but there's always great reward when we surrender and we submit to the will of God for our lives. There is always, always great reward for those that do that. And the thought is this, though, this morning. We struggle with this thought around submission because the truth is this, the issue of submitting to God uh, uh, out of our will, the issue was plagued from creation at the very beginning. Adam and Eve willfully disobeyed God and I believe this morning it's no different for us today. And the question that I want to ask you this morning, do we willfully submit to God and others or do we willfully choose to submit to His authority? Do we willfully submit to God and to others or do do we willfully choose not to submit to his authority? To submit to his authority. Now, these are the bits where you might get a little bit stirred up this morning. What does it mean as a disciple to submit to God? Because remember, God's called us to be his disciples. We're disciples of Jesus. What does it mean to submit to God as a disciple? which says this in James chapter 4. I'll mention this probably two other times. It says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Submission is a conscious decision to choose the will of God over our own possible desires. Submission to God is a surrendering to his will for our lives, not partially but completely. Can I say that again? Because I think if you don't get anything else this morning from this bald, ridiculously handsome preacher, please get this bit. 
Submission to God is surrendering to His will for our lives, not partially, but completely. Obedience to our Father in heaven is never meant to be a partial obedience. We're meant to have complete obedience. And I want to show you a a thing in a moment. What we see in the church today is Christians that partially obey or submit their lives. We are obedient up to the point of our own comfort, comfort and desires, but beyond that we say no. Christians culturalize the word. We culturalize the word of God. The spirit of the world says, I'm my own master and creator. I can be whatever I want to be, but disciples obey fully. We don't partially submit to his plan and his will. We fully submit and obey his plan and his purpose for our lives. Examples, one of these great ones out of the book of Hebrews. Do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together, as is the habit of some. You know what we're seeing right across Australia and other parts of the world? More and more Christians are choosing not to come into the house on a Sunday morning and we've turned this into a screen. Partial obedience. The Bible says, do not be like some who neglect the gathering of those that are coming together. But comfort would say, and partial obedience would say, it's more comfortable to be at home watching church in my pyjamas, having a cup of coffee. Amen. If you're at home this morning, you've just got offended at me, please hear my heart this morning. If some of us need to be challenged out of our comfort, there are people that are home today that have legitimate reasons to be there because of their, uh, their, their age, uh, their health conditions, etc. But if you're not in that category, I want to say this morning that it's a slippery slope from getting used to being at home when you need to be in the house. Amen. Partial obedience. Submission is complete obedience. Bringing all of our tithe into the storehouse. Rachel and I, our conviction, 100%, is that God owns the first and our best. Amen. Every week we bring our 10%, our tithe into the house of God. We've never compromised on that. We've never partially gone, well, God will give you 3% this week and 7% that week. No, it's fully obeying what God and what we believe is the Word of God. Bring all of your tithe into the storehouse. So there'll be food in my house. Then he talks about opening up the windows of heaven, but we can have partial obedience. What about another thought? When we we, we choose and refuse to forgive others, Jesus said that we're meant to completely forgive other people from our hearts. But partial obedience would be, well, no, people have hurt me. Submitting to the word of God into complete obedience, which is submission, is saying, Lord, it's not about my hurts and how I'm feeling, but it's about what you're saying to me through your word. That Jesus, you said I am to forgive others that have harmed me and hurt me. Amen. Partial obedience. There's a story in the, in the Bible, of course. You wouldn't want to be read, me reading out of Dr. Zeus. That would be totally um, inappropriate today, wouldn't it? Oh, my goodness me. Go woke or go broke, yeah? But there's a story, a very interesting one. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel 15 for your own reference to take home and have a read of today. And it illustrates again that as, as people, that rather than submitting to the will of God 
through and by the Spirit of God and the Word of God, we can have God command us to do something, but we just partially obey. We go, well, God, I didn't quite do it all, but I sort of. First Samuel chapter 15, it's a story of Saul. Saul's commanded by the prophet uh, to go into Amalek, I believe it is, a, a city. And the prophet comes to Saul and says, the Lord's sending you in there with the armies of the Israelites. He wants you to decimate, to destroy the whole city, destroy all the inhabitants, destroy the livestock, destroy everything because of what Amalek did to the Israelites. Saul goes in under the obedience of God, marches into the city of Amalek, goes in there, has the battle, starts the, 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 the warfare as such, uh, gets to the end of the warfare. And what Saul does, he decides to keep the king of Amalek. And not only that, he doesn't destroy all of the livestock as he's instructed to. In fact, he keeps some of them. And then he comes back later on and the prophet comes to him and says, well, Saul, you didn't obey the Lord fully. And then Saul says basically to him, well, I just thought the, the people were putting some pressure on me. So rather than obey fully, I thought the best thing would be for me is to keep the king as a bit of a ransom and to keep the animals so that we could sell them for a profit. Makes sense, doesn't it? Why destroy all those good animals when you could sell them off and make some money? Doesn't that make sense? You see, often in our lack of submitting to God's will and His purpose for our lives through the Word of God, we try and naturalize it or humanize it and say, well, God, we know a little bit better. This is what Saul did here. He went in with clear instructions, clear directions about what he was meant to do. But somewhere along the line, he got caught up in just partially obeying God. Listen to what the prophet says to him. I want to read it to you this morning, then we'll move on. It says, he goes on, the prophet comes to him, starts to challenge him. And it says this about what he has done. See, he hasn't submitted fully to God's instructions and fully to God's um, plans for his life. He partially obeys. And this is what it says. He, he challenges Saul now. He says, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is burning of the fat of rams. You might be going right now, what does that mean, fat of rams? Well, you haven't had a barbecue with lamb chops on it, man, I tell you. The fat of rams, oh my gosh, it's just, mwah, it's the best, absolutely. Amen? You hear it this morning? To obey is better than sacrifice. Oh, well, Lord, I come to church some of the times. No. As for me and for my house... We'll worship the Lord, amen. Well, God, I, I give to you when I can. Well, that's partially obeying God, amen. That's partially obeying. That's partial obedience. That's not submission. So first thought, disciples submit to God. Second one, and I'm done this morning with this. I've got four minutes left. We're legendary here. What does it mean to submit to one another? Well, Ephesians chapter 5, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in heaven, to our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. What does it mean to submit ourselves to others? 
Good question. Let me answer it by asking you another question this morning. You ready for this question? This is how you answer the first question with another question. Who are you accountable to for your relationship with God at the moment? Well, I'm accountable to the Lord. What? Well, you know, me and the Lord. Me and the Lord. It's just, just me and him, me and the Lord. I don't need to be accountable to anybody else. Rubbish. Who are you accountable today for your relationship with God? If you don't submit your life to another believer, then I would say ultimately you will start to fall away. We need people in our lives to be held accountable to our relationship with God. People that are falling away now have no one in their lives that they are submitting to. There's no one in their lives asking the hard questions about how they're going in their walk with Jesus and what they're reading in the Word of God. That's submitting to others. You see, I'm supposed to be and you're supposed to be in a relationship with someone else where we come on a regular basis and we talk about what God's been speaking to us and we submit to one another what it is that God is speaking to us. But that's why many people fall away because they're not submitting to other believers in an open relationship where they talk about how they're going and they speak about what the Word of God is to them. But that's why people fall away. Now I'm thinking in my mind, how do I get back up there? I'll jump up. Hello? Come on this morning. You know, our vision as a local church is empowering people to live Christ-centered lives. You know, we talk, we talk about connect groups. We talk about crew groups. And I'm going to talk about next Sunday morning. But we need to be in relationship with other people. When he said submitting to one another in love... That's how we submit to one another in love. We hold each other to account. I guarantee if you are here today and you have regularly someone in your life that's asking you about how you're going and what you're reading in God, I will guarantee that it will be so hard for you to fall away from God. Because there is accountability in your life. There there is someone that's asking you the hard question about what's going on in your world. So how do we submit to God? Fully obeying Him, amen. Not partial obedience, complete obedience. How do we submit to one another? We submit to one another around the Word of God and we encourage each other. How are you reading? How are you going? What is God speaking to you at this point? Amen. Because I believe with all of my heart, disciples are submitting their lives to God and to others, amen. And so as we conclude this morning, I believe this, the reward for a submitted life is simply and purely more of the presence of God. Simply and purely more of the presence of God. So I'll finish this morning with two questions today. Number one, are you partially obeying the Lord in this season of your life? Is there an area that the Lord's speaking to you that you're just pushing back on or you are partially obeying, saying, well, God, I'm, doing, I'm just doing that little bit for you. I'm just doing, I'm doing part of it, God. No, the Lord says no. To obey is better than sacrifice. Second thing this morning, if I was to ask you today, grab you after the service finishes. Now everyone will be wanting me to go home first. If I was to ask you straight after the service today, who is in your world today holding you to account? 
Who is speaking to you today about your relationship with God? Who are you opening up your life to right now? Friends, I say this and you can have all sorts of mindsets going through your mind right now. But can I say just that last sentence there is enough to keep you safe your whole time while you're on earth. Your whole journey, it's enough to keep your faith, it'll fail proof your faith, amen? If you just allow someone into your world to encourage you and ask you how you're going. And in turn, the same to them as well. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you. Submit yourself to God. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Disciples are submitted to God and submitted to others. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray in a moment's time and then we'll finish just with church news. Easter Sunday morning, which um, is coming up quickly. Who can believe it, Matt? No way, it's crazy. Easter Sunday is coming up very shortly. We're having baptisms on that day. And so if you would like to be baptised, we're having a special morning celebration for Easter and then we'll be flowing into water baptisms. You can speak to Kim about that. For our volunteers and our team leaders, we received an email from us this week about growth tracks. We need your assistance with that at the end of March. Lair explains what it is. We'll talk more about that as well. But that would be a great blessing to us. But tonight we have um, Jonathan Gulo coming. He'll be here tonight uh, at 5.30. We so look forward to that. But we're going to finish right now with church news. If you have any uh, uh, um, questions of faith, um, any thoughts about what the next steps for your life might be, you can go to our Next Step station. There's some beautiful people about there. And our courtyard is open for some coffee as well. For all the folk that are home as well, we pray you have the most blessed week. If we could just run church news, then we'll finish with that and we'll just release everyone. Thank you, team.